Good morning. How's everybody doing? Hey, it's good to see you today. First service here on Sunday morning. I'm really delighted you're here. And those of you who might be here at the Bridge Church for the very first time, we're especially glad you are here today. We're very much aware that there are a lot of great churches in this valley, and we're just honored that you would choose to be here with us today. We hope you have a great time in God's presence today and in his house. And we just want to welcome you and let you know if you have any questions today, go out to our Connection Center, which is out that first set of doors immediately to the right. It's right there. They can answer any question you might have today and help you out. If you want to get connected to the bridge, we would love to get you connected to life here at the bridge and do life with you. You can also check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. And we're just really glad you're here today. We put our hands together and welcome our first-time guests. God bless you today. What's well, awesome, man, getting ready to preach. We've already had people accept Jesus as Savior and Lord. That, that is awesome. I know somebody's sitting there saying, no, wait a minute, you can't do that till the end of the service with organ music. No, we, we, do, it. we do it whenever God moves around here, okay? Hey, open your Bibles, if you would, this morning to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We're continuing our series, and this is the last day of the teaching series about, but first, Jesus. And we've been looking at the life of Simon, who was later known as Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus. And what we've been studying this month is the change that happened in his life. What produced that amazing change and transformation in the life of Simon Peter? You know, as you read through the Gospels, his time with Jesus was kind of like a roller coaster ride. I mean, high highs, low lows, and, you know, not much in between. It was either way up there or way down there. And he he was kind of an emotional roller coaster rider. But the interesting thing is, something happened in the life of Simon that he became the man Peter that Jesus said he would become. This unstable fisherman became a rock in the church of Jesus Christ. So what changed? What brought about that transformation? That's what we're teaching on this month. What happened to Peter? Well, four things, and today we're going to talk about the fourth thing. But let me just walk through it real quickly. Number one, he had an encounter with Jesus. Now, remember, he'd walked with Jesus for three years. But after the death and resurrection of Jesus, when he understood and realized who Jesus really was, he had an encounter where three times Jesus said, Do you love me? And the essence of that question those three times was, Peter, what is my place in your life? Where do I fall in your line of priorities? Where am I in your heart? What is my place in your life? Our teaching this month is, but first, Jesus. The first thing that begins a life transformation is putting Jesus first in your life and letting him become the Lord of everything. Peter did that. The second thing, we see that from the time of the resurrection of jesus until his ascension back to the father there's a 40-day period in there where jesus was with his disciples on different days and scripture says he was teaching them things about the kingdom of god kingdom living what it means to be a child of god what it means to be born of the spirit he began to open up their understanding of the things he'd been teaching for three years where all of a sudden they realized the kingdom's not out there the kingdom is here within us it's what god is doing in our lives and through our lives we taught about that what is the kingdom of god peter began to grasp that god's kingdom was within and he began to let jesus rule from within his heart the third thing We talked about interferences. We look back at the Gospels, things that Peter was involved in, questions, concerns like unforgiveness. How many times do I have to forgive that guy? Well, Peter began to deal with the interferences, the things that were coming between him and Jesus, the things that were interfering with his relationship with God. And in this process, his heart and his life began to change. But today... We're going to look at the fourth thing that happened in Peter's life from Scripture that we know absolutely changed him. And that was the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has always been a controversial topic. Even on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, people said, I don't get it. What's wrong? What is is happening here? I, I don't understand all of this. 
People were confused and amazed at what happened when God poured out the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. It's still amazing today when God pours out His Spirit. It's amazing today and it's controversial in the church world today. And you know the importance, listen closely to me, the importance of this baptism is often lost in deep theological arguments and petty disagreements. Sometimes we get so deep with people's opinions and scholars' opinions that we miss the simplicity of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit has come to do. Today, we're going to focus on the power that accompanies the baptism with the Holy Spirit because it changed Peter's life. And I'll show it to you today. It helped transform him. And it can do the same for you and for me if we will open our hearts and receive this baptism. But first, I want to begin today. How many of you know that's not my introduction? That's just my pre-introduction, okay? I want to get into the introduction. I'm going to move really fast today, okay? So some of you may want to go back and listen to this online or get a copy of it because I'm going to move really quickly today to cover some things. Talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, we're going to read beginning at verse 18. I want to begin today looking at the mission of Jesus. Some people don't know it, but before Jesus began his ministry, he gave us his mission statement. Now, let me set this up for you real quickly. Jesus has been baptized in the river by John in water baptized in water he comes up out of the water the holy spirit comes and descends and settles upon him he goes into the wilderness immediately in the power of the spirit is what scripture says he goes into the wilderness where he's tested and tempted for 40 days and then he comes out of the wilderness and he begins his ministry and scripture says he goes into the wilderness in the power of the spirit and he comes out of the wilderness still in the power of the spirit and then he goes into his own hometown. He enters the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He picks up the book of the law, begins to read from what we know as Isaiah 61. And here's what he says, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Now pause here a moment. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why would God put his Spirit upon someone even his own son some people think well jesus had everything he needed when he came into this world let me tell you something it tells us right here that jesus said the spirit of the lord is now upon me i've been to the water i have had the spirit come upon me as a matter of fact for those of you who want to just think deeply for a moment jesus never performed a miracle until after the holy spirit came upon him so just think about that today okay well i need to think about okay you think about it Okay, but put it on the shelf and think about it when you get home. Stay with me here, okay? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because He has anointed me. He's poured His Spirit, His oil upon me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now keep that verse up for just a moment. This is the ministry mission of Jesus. This is what he came to earth to do. Now a lot of people have never been taught that. Well, why did Jesus come? Well, we got 17 things. This is why Jesus came. And the next verse says, And recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed give me give me one more verse here okay verse 19 i think it is to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord in other words now is god's time jesus finished reading those verses he laid down the book and he said now this verse is fulfilled in your ears i'm here to do this jesus told us what his mission was and he said the spirit of god the holy spirit is upon me to accomplish this mission but then in mark chapter 16 you don't need to turn there you can look at it later mark chapter 16 jesus told us that the holy spirit would be upon his church to continue the same kind of ministry that he started here's what it says in mark 16 beginning at verse 17 
These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus said, those who follow me are going to continue with the same kind of ministry that I have started. And then we find in John chapter 14, verse 12, that Jesus promised that the church would have his power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Now, let me go back to this for just a moment. The mission of Jesus was passed on to the church. What empowered Jesus to do that ministry and that mission, that same power was passed on to us that we can continue what Jesus started. But none of the amazing things that Jesus did, none of the amazing things that happen in the church world today happen without the power of the Holy Spirit. None of it. None of it. Now, with this foundation laid, let me, let me walk you through real quickly this morning just some things I want you to notice about Peter and the transformation in his life and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to look at Acts chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, Acts chapter 1. A little bit later, we'll read from Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. Let's begin at Acts 1, verse number 4. Acts 1, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now, now pause here just a moment. When he speaks of the promise of the Father, he's speaking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Verse 5, he said, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay? Now, pause here a moment because I want you to see this. Two things are happening here, and the next verse that I'm going to read shows you the end of it. But the first thing we see happening here is Jesus gives instructions to his followers. He said, I'm about to ascend and go back to the Father. I'm going to leave you here. I've been preparing you for this moment. But I want you to understand when I go back to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. The promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit living in you, dwelling in you, working in you, working through you. The Holy Spirit's going to come to you. But here's Jesus' instructions. Don't leave Jerusalem. Stay here until you receive the Holy Spirit. Those are the instructions. And then the next thing, skip down to verse number 8. Verse number eight, he says, but you, and this just a little later in the conversation, but you shall receive what? Power. In the original writings, the, the word is dunamis. It's the word from which we get our word dynamo and dynamite. Dunamis is a power that has the ability to keep recreating itself. It just never runs out. There's just more and more and more and more and more. Jesus says, you shall receive power when? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So first of all, he gives them instructions. Don't leave Jerusalem. Stay together because in a few days you are going to receive the Holy Spirit. And then he makes a promise to them. The second part of this. He makes the promise. You will receive power. Something you've never had before. A power you've never known before. A power like any other power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then he gives us the purpose for it. He says, when you receive that power, you shall be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What he in essence is telling them is, you will be witnesses. The word for witnesses is the word martus, from which we get our word martyrs. It will be so real in your life that you'll be willing to lay down your life for what God is doing in your life. You're willing to become a martyr because you know this is the absolute spirit of God and it is the absolute truth of God. 
But here's the purpose. You will be my witnesses. In other words, you will do ministry as I have done ministry, and people will recognize that it's the same power that rested upon Jesus that now rests upon you. That's the purpose. I'm going to give you power to be my witnesses. So he gave them instructions and he gave them a promise. Here's what's really interesting to me. Peter, Simon Peter, this unstable fisherman, who's had this encounter with Jesus, who's now had his eyes open to understanding, who's now getting some things right in his heart and right in his life that he struggled with, all of a sudden, Peter has made enough of a change that he stays with the disciples. I want you to notice that. I want you to look at this, okay? So follow me closely here. From the resurrection till the ascension of Jesus is 40 days. From the ascension until the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 is 10 more days. Are you following me? All right, now, here's the beauty of this. For 10 days, these people stayed together waiting for the Holy Spirit to be sent. Peter obeyed the instructions of Jesus. Did you know that Jesus has instructed all of us to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon our lives? To seek the Holy Spirit, to desire the Holy Spirit, to desire the gifts and the workings of the Holy Spirit. The Scripture asks us to do that. He's been, we've been instructed to receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter obeyed Jesus. The question today is, do we want the Holy Spirit upon us? Do we want the Holy Spirit working not just for us and in us, but do we want him working through us? Peter did. You know, when you get involved in ministry of any kind, and ministry is serving and serving is ministry, but when you get involved in ministry of any kind, God's going to ask you to do some things you can't do. Did you know that? He doesn't ask you to do just things you can. He asks you to do things you can't do. Why? Because God never asks us to do work in our own strength. He wants us to depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things he's called us to do. Not only that, the baptism with the Holy Spirit empowers us and walks us into God's purposes for our lives. And you know, when I run into believers who say, well, I've been serving God for a lot of years, but I never really found any purpose in it, usually it's because they've never understood the power of the Holy Spirit or they've never received the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it brings us power and it walks us into purpose. Now, second thing I want to show you, go ahead and go to Acts chapter 2. I told you I'm going to move fast today because I have to. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, this is 10 days after the ascension. Okay? They're in one place, one accord. Verse 2. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Now, can't you imagine for 10 days they've been praying and waiting and praying and waiting and praying and waiting. And like, this is the 10th day. Suddenly. That's, there's a sermon right there in itself. Now, some of you are trying to hurry up God. Just relax, okay? Just keep praying and seeking God. It'll come suddenly. It'll come in God's time, all right? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or gave them the ability. Now, these are verses that every Christian, I'm sure, has read. And you've heard all kinds of teaching because, like I said, there's been so much confusion in the church world about these verses. But we're focusing on the power of the Holy Spirit today. And I want to share some thoughts with you about this. So I want you to listen to this. The Holy Spirit made a pretty amazing entrance, wouldn't you say? I mean, you got wind. I mean, it, wasn't, it, does, it doesn't say the wind blew. It just says it sounded like a mighty wind. So nobody got their hair messed up. Ladies, don't get worried, okay? God's not going to do that to you in church. It, it, 
the sound of the wind fills the house, and all of a sudden these cloven tongues, tongues of fire spit off and rest upon each person. Miraculous thing going on. And then they begin to speak in languages that they've not been taught, languages they've not learned naturally. It's a pretty amazing entrance that he made here. But God never intended for the purpose of the Holy Spirit baptism to be defined by wind or fire or tongues. Some of you didn't get that. Let me say it again. God never intended for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be defined only by wind and fire and tongues because wind and fire wasn't always there. That wasn't the purpose of the moment. And a lot of people miss it. The purpose followed later that very same day. It began a few minutes later. It continued throughout the day. And 2,000 years later, the purpose is still continuing. It's the power of the Spirit resting up on the people of God to do ministry as Jesus did ministry in miraculous ways. That's the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose. And none, listen to this, none of the rest of the book of Acts would have happened without the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't have happened. All the rest of the miraculous things you read in Acts, if you've ever read through Acts, I mean, you know, you get the story of the, the first apostles and then mostly Peter and then mostly Paul, a few other names mixed in. All of that history, all those amazing things, they never would have happened without the outpouring and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power that accompanied it. Now, if you read through the books in the New Testament, they've all got formal endings, except the book of Acts. The book of Acts does not have a formal ending. It just ends very abruptly. You know why that is? It's because it's still being written today. The Acts of the Apostles, what the Holy Spirit is doing through the church, it's still being written today. Tomorrow is being written in heaven right now, and we will walk it out, and we will see God do great things tomorrow, just as we've seen God do great things in days gone by. But it's all because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So I've given you some things to think about this morning. But let's get back to Peter. Let's talk about Peter for a few minutes. And I want to ask you to just consider some things with me because this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this power of the Holy Spirit finished a major transformation in Peter's life. Doesn't mean he didn't continue to grow. Of course he did. But he was suddenly changed to become a man in a 50-day period he became a different man he went from being simon the fisherman to being the rock in the church in 50 days how in the world did he do it you know i'm i may i may put this on tv in the middle of the night this would be a great 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 um, um infomercial how to change your life in just 50 days with the power of the holy spirit for 49.95 my friend you can get it <laughs> so consider this with me Think about this. Do we really believe that Simon, the man who wilted at the words of a slave girl and denied he even knew Jesus, that weak, unstable guy, do we really believe that same guy a few days later could stand before thousands of people and preach an amazing sermon explaining the death the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, quoting several Old Testament scriptures and saying how they're fulfilled, and then give an invitation and three, see 3,000 people get saved in one day. Do we think that same guy could do all of that without something happening in his life? Absolutely not. What happened to Simon? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting that the message that Peter preached to his people on the day of Pentecost was a message of repentance? It's the same message that John the Baptist preached. It's the same message that Jesus preached. It's the same message that began the transformation in his own life when he had the encounter with Jesus. And isn't it amazing that 3,000 people respond at the end of that message? How did he know what to say how did he know to deliver the message how did he know what verses to talk about it was the power of the holy spirit that brought those things to his remembrance you know one of the things that happens some of you don't know this but on sunday morning when, when we preach or teach here 
there are a lot of hours that go into sermon preparation in a week. I don't get up on Sunday morning and say, okay, God, what do you want me to talk about today? Now, I'm not saying God can't do that. I'm not putting it down anybody that does. But for me, I spend a lot of hours preparing. I know Pastor Zach does when he preaches. I know Pastor Ann does when she speaks. Whenever we're speaking up here and we're teaching, we spend a lot of hours preparing. Peter had no notes. He had no time of preparation. He stood up under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, laid all that out, and 3,000 people were changed that day. Don't tell me that same old Simon could do what Peter did on the, Holy, on the day of Pentecost without the power of the Holy Spirit. It changed his life. Think about this. Do we really believe that an unstable fisherman, while on his way to prayer to a place he'd probably been many times before, walking by beggar's row, all of a sudden stops and looks down at one beggar and fastens his eyes on him and says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk and then reach down and grab him by the hand and yank him up and see him instantaneously healed. Can we imagine this old guy Simon doing that? No. What happened in those 50 days? A part of it was the power of the Holy Spirit that was now resting upon him. It changed his life. The Holy Spirit caused Peter to begin to see people through the eyes of Jesus. God help us to see people through the eyes of Jesus. God help us to look beyond all the facade and all the roughness or the, or the fancy stuff on the outside to see the need on the inside and minister to people with the power of the Holy Spirit. The second thing that the Holy Spirit did in Peter's life is... Peter learned to give away what he had. The name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the power of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. There's so much authority, so much power vested in us when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that in any situation, God can use us to bring a miracle into someone's life if we are willing to surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do that. I can do that. It's God's spirit that will rest upon us. I can go further. Peter was the first to preach the message of faith. When, when the people gather around because this lame man has been healed in, in Acts chapter 3, the crowd gathers around. They're saying, wow, we know this guy. That's the lame man. He's been there forever, man. We know this guy. What happened to you? Peter gets up and preaches another message, and he says, the name of Jesus, his name, through faith in his name, has brought about this miracle. Peter began to preach that message of faith. He was the first recorded to do that. He was the first to take the gospel to the Gentiles. I mean, this, this sincere Jewish man, I mean, later on we see it. He struggled with Judaism and the Gentiles. This man who's caught in the middle of this struggle. This man who would have run from the situation years later because the Holy Spirit prepares him. He goes and shares the gospel in the house of Cornelius in a whole different city in an Italian household. And the Holy Spirit falls upon them. And they're baptized with the Holy Spirit because of Peter's obedience and the power of the Spirit that was upon him. Amazing things began to happen in Peter's life because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One last thing. This unstable fisherman who denied Jesus a few weeks later, he and John are the first of the apostles who are arrested because of their preaching and their faith in Jesus. And he took it. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit was upon him. Why does any of this matter today? For those of you who are wondering, when I teach on the Holy Spirit, I've got about 10 or 12 Sunday mornings that I would spend teaching on the Holy Spirit. You can't teach on the Holy Spirit and cover it all in, in one sermon. We're talking about the power of the Spirit today. But why does any of this matter? Why does it matter to you and to you and to you and to you and to you? Why does this matter to me? Why does this matter to any of us? It's because once we become the children of God, we collectively are called to make a difference in our world. 
There are no two people in this room exactly alike. There are no two callings on any two people's lives anywhere who have the exact same calling. God has a plan for you beyond your first experience with God. God has a plan for you to receive the power of his Holy Spirit and then begin to walk into areas of ministry where you've never walked before. As soon as I say that, some of you are getting intimidated. Well, not me. I, I never stand up front. I'm not asking you to stand up front. God may not be asking you to do that either. Well, I, I can't go out and preach to 3,000 people like Peter did. God's probably not calling you to do that. Well, I can't and I can't and I can't. Let's back up for a minute today. What has God asked you to do? What has God asked you to do? I touched on it earlier, but the fact of the matter is, whatever it is that God calls us to do, it's just far enough out there that we can't see ourselves doing it. It's, well, that, that's just a little bit of a... I, you know, can I tell you something? Can I, can I be pastoral for about 45 seconds? Can I get one witness? If two or three agree? Okay, I've got two right there, that's all. You know, I, I'm so weary of people saying, well, I just don't think I could do that. That's a little bit much for me. Well, that's probably God calling you then. Because he's going to call you to do something you can't do by yourself, so you have to depend upon the power of the Spirit to go out and do it. Can't you imagine Peter back here before he had this great conversion and he's standing there around the enemy's fire and he's thinking, oh, I would never preach on the day of Pentecost. I'd never try to raise that guy up. What if I reach down and grab that lame man and he falls over on his face? People get, I'd get a lawsuit out of that one. What in the world? I'm not going to do that. Isn't that how we think? But I can't, I can't, I can't. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, suddenly we realize, I can, I can, I can. Wherever God calls me, whatever he asks me to do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he strengthens us through the power of his Holy Spirit. Man, that's, that's good preaching. That's, that's good. There are a lot of us who are sitting back here saying, well, I'll, this is as far as I can go. This is all the power I have. No, it's not all the power you have. You've also got the power of the Holy Spirit. You can grow beyond that and do more for Christ. Why does all of this, all of this matter? Why does it matter? Because all of us have a place in the body of Christ. Every one of us. Some of the greatest things I've ever experienced in, in my lifetime, some of the greatest things I ever, have ever seen have come out of situations where, man, I, it was just a casual conversation, had no idea God was in it, and all of a sudden in the middle of the conversation, the Holy Spirit just drops something in the middle of it, and it becomes something miraculous. Man, I, I, I had, a, had a conversation with a guy several months ago, just I went, I went to listen to this guy because he was going through some tough times and he was sharing all this stuff. And I'm like, oh man, oh man, this is heavy. This is tough. And all of a sudden he shared something that I knew was not right scripturally. And the Holy Spirit dropped a scripture in my heart. I looked right in his eye. I said, okay, set aside all that stuff. Let me tell you what the Bible says. I didn't argue with him. I said, let me tell you what scripture says. I began to quote scripture and tears started running down his face. I've watched God transform this man's life. Because the power of the Holy Spirit said, here is just a little thing, just a little thing, just a conversation, just speak the word of God. I'm going to tell you something. We have so mystified the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And for so many people, some of you have sat in churches that made it weird and goofy and all kinds of stuff. Or you might have come from a church where it was weird and goofy. But you know what the bottom line is? The power of the Holy Spirit enables us to accomplish what God has called us to do as a church and as individuals. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. And today is a day of stretching in this house. Because if Jesus is going to be first in our lives, we've got to answer his call to be the people he's called us to be. It's not about just getting what I want from the Holy Spirit and letting him do in me what I allow him to do. It's about him working through me to touch other lives. Every one of us has a part in that. You say, oh, I, I, I just can't see myself. You don't need to see yourself. Just receive the power of the Holy Spirit and keep walking. God will walk you right into it. 
the manifestation gifts of the Spirit will begin to work in your life in different ways as God drops you in people's lives to minister to them. It's as natural as anything else that comes by the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. I started with this in the early part of this message, so I'm going to close with this. God never asks us to do His work in our strength. He wants us to depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning, if you would. The worship team's going to come out. We're going to go back and sing at least part of the song, maybe the entire song that we sang earlier, I Surrender. And once we've sung that song, I'm going to pray for everybody in the house that God would just baptize us in the Holy Spirit today. We're going to pray that way today. So if you would, just open your heart and let God begin to work in you as we worship Him together. Lord, 
I want you to do if you would just lift your hands to heaven I want you to pray a heartfelt prayer just say Lord baptize me with the Holy Spirit just begin to pray that way if you want to begin to pray in the spirit that's fine but let's just begin to worship God right there where you are begin to praise God begin to worship God and let God the Holy Spirit baptize us father just as it was on the day of Pentecost we ask for you to pour out your spirit today upon your people Father, I pray right now that every open heart, every surrendered life would receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. God, do something new in their lives. Do something fresh in their lives. Pour out your Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit work in us, Father, the way you've been doing for over 2,000 years since that day of Pentecost. Let it be brand new and fresh in our hearts and our lives today, for we receive the Holy Spirit. Pray that with me. We receive the Holy Spirit. Now just begin to worship God. Father, thank you today. Thank you today for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We glorify you. We yield ourselves to you. We surrender to you today, Father. We thank you for the power, the glory, and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We worship you today. We worship you today. Now, one more time, just begin to worship God right there where you are. We worship you, Jesus. We glorify you. Lift your voice. Lift your voice in praise. We honor you, God. We magnify you, God. You're a great God. You've called us to great things. You've called me to more things, bigger things, better things. Father, I receive the power of your Holy Spirit, and I honor you and I glorify you today. We as a church embrace the working of the Holy Spirit to see you do more things, greater things than we've ever seen before. We glorify you today, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Praise your name, Father. Praise your name, Father. Can we just lift our voices together one time and give God praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the working of your Holy Spirit. We glorify you, God. We magnify you, Jesus. You know, we learn to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit just like we learn to walk with Jesus. It's the same thing. We learn how to grow. I want to encourage you to keep growing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to places. Follow His leading. Let Him use you in ways He's never used you before. How many hands can I see? How many are open to the Holy Spirit working in your life? Are you open to that today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We magnify you. We glorify you today. Hallelujah. Now, before we change the order of things, in the middle of the service, right after worship time, we... We led you in a prayer together to accept Jesus as first in our lives, our Lord and our Savior. If you began that work today, you began that walk with Jesus, if it's brand new to you, or if you've been away from God and, and you're just coming back home, we want to give you this tool. It's a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. When service is over, we'll have different uh, prayer teams at the front of the building. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. If you just walk up to one of these prayer teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there, no strings attached. If you're in a really big rush, you can go to the, out beyond the Connection Center. The glass doors where you exit, there's a table set up there right in the middle. It's got a big sign that says the next seven days. You can get the same book there if you're in a really big rush today. But please, let, it, let us give this to you today. Let us help you get started walking with God. I promise you, this will bring some real strength and blessing into your lives. Can we just welcome people into God's family today? God bless you for receiving Jesus. Now give Pastor Zach a good warm welcome as he comes. Hey, why don't we thank Pastor Gary for that message this morning? That was fantastic. Hey, man, would you go ahead and be seated this morning? We still have just a few more moments. We're not going to be a whole lot longer, but there's just two or three more things that we want to do this morning. And 
Right now, after we've received from God's word this morning, after we've received of the Holy Spirit, we're going to honor God by bringing our tithes and our offerings into his house. And I want to just encourage everybody right now with a couple of very quick thoughts. You know, when it comes to our giving, this is something that we always do as an act of praise and as act of worship unto our God. Amen. We give not out of compulsion, but we give to honor God because he's been so good to us, because he's been our source, because he's been our provider, and because he's been faithful. That's the reason why we give. This morning I was reminded again, we've been in this series, but first, Jesus. How do I put Jesus first? How do I put God first when it comes to my finances? By bringing my first tenth, my tithe, into the storehouse like he's asked me to do, and then honoring him, worshiping him, sowing seeds into my future by bringing offerings into his house as well. And I want to just take a moment and say thank you so much to our church, to the people who are part of the Bridge Church. You guys are so incredibly faithful. Man, it's so good to be a part of a generous church. I think that God is generous, so we ought to be generous as well. Amen? You know, when it comes to our giving, this is the way that we put Jesus first in our finances. And this is our opportunity to respond to the heart of God and also have a generous heart that says, God, you've been good to me, so I choose to put you first. And I want to say also today that if you're a guest with us, please know there's never any pressure. There's never any compulsion to give. This is something that we do as a church family. This is something that we do as Christ followers. So please be our guest today. We're so grateful that you're here. If you'd like to contribute, that's awesome. We would love we would love for you to do that, and I believe that God will honor that as well. But hey, we don't give to get. We give out of honor, or we give out of honor to honor God, and we receive by His grace. Amen? So as our ushers come to receive this morning's tithes and offerings, give with courage, give with the heart of gratitude, because God is entirely faithful. Amen. Let's give this morning, and as we do that, let's check out church news. And I want to ask if you would just please remain seated this morning till the end of the service to accommodate our ushers and security team. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Mia, and I want to thank you for being in church with us today. It's a pleasure getting to share the morning with you and your family. February arrives this week, and we are already one month into the new year. We are very excited about everything that's on the horizon throughout the year ahead, and we want to spend it with you. So, let's check out church news and take a look at what's coming up at The Bridge. Are you new to The Bridge? Have you been around for a little while but are still looking to find your place in the church? We want to invite you and your family to come to Connecting Point. Connecting Point is the place where you can learn more about the heart, mission, and vision of the Bridge Church. It's also an opportunity to meet our pastors and find out where you fit in. It's happening on Sunday evening, February 18th at 6 p.m. This is a very casual evening that lasts about one hour. And if you have kids, childcare is provided for all kids infant through fifth grade. If you'd like to join us, just sign up at the Connection Center before you go today so that we can plan for you. You can also sign up on our website. We look forward to meeting you and helping you get plugged in at Connecting Point. A new term of Connect Groups is kicking off in just a few short weeks, and we want to help everyone in our church find a Connect Group where you can connect with people here at the bridge and grow together in your walk with God. So on Sunday, February 11th, we will be having a Connect Group Expo after each of our morning services. And this will give everyone an opportunity to meet our leaders and find the group that makes sense for you. So be in church on Sunday, February 11th, and get plugged into a Connect Group this spring at the bridge, and let's grow together in God. Man to Man is happening in just a few short days on Tuesday, February 6th at 6.30 p.m. This night is for every man who wants to grow in God and build strong relationships with other guys here at the bridge. This month, we will be talking about three ways that you can make the enemy regret he ever attacked you. All men are invited to join us for a great night of fellowship and the teaching of God's Word. Guys, we hope to see you there on February 6th at 6.30 p.m., for Man to Man 2.0 Giant Killer Edition.
If you're joining us today for the first time, we want to meet you and help you get connected at the bridge. Stop by the Connection Center after service and say hi. We'd love to tell you more about everything that's happening in church and answer any questions you might have. You can also stay connected by visiting our website, thebridgechurch.tv. There you will find details about everything that's coming up in church. And don't forget, if you made a decision to follow Christ in the service today, come and see one of our prayer teams and get your free copy of The Next 7 Days. Or you can stop by The Next 7 Days desk in the foyer before you go. We want to help you get started in your journey of faith. Thank you again for spending your Sunday with us at The Bridge.